This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian Colbert. Welcome, world, welcome to episode 24. Yes, yes, people, we've made it to the Kobe episode. Episode 24 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for being here. We appreciate you for supporting. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Now, ladies and gentlemen, like I like to do, I like to start off my show talking about my little man. And ladies and gentlemen, it's a celebration. It's a celebration. It's only right that we celebrate on the Kobe episode because, ladies and gentlemen, my son, my young king, has graduated preschool. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he just graduated preschool. A round of applause for my young king. He's headed to kindergarten. He is headed to kindergarten. And if you guys haven't listened to the previous episodes, let me tell y'all, my son got accepted into an all-black private school. An all-black private school. Now, you might not think that's a big deal. You might not even think that's a positive thing. But let me tell y'all, somebody that used to wish and beg for black teachers, for teachers that understood me, for teachers that come from where I come from, I know how important it is for him to be surrounded by black and brown people so that he is always prideful, so that he always knows the color of his skin, the way of his hair. All of that is beautiful. And so that he can constantly hear how he is a king because you know that's what we do you know black folks man we gas up our kids we make them feel good and we show them love and that is what he is getting from this school that is what i'm assuming he's going to get from this kindergarten so i had to take a minute to shout out my guy because he had a graduation the fit was crazy you know what I'm saying they had a little photo booth and stuff like that so my man has definitely been working on the light skin poses you know what I'm saying he's definitely working on where the hand placement you know how the eyes got to be just a certain amount of like dim you know what I'm saying he's gotten all that down so he's he's growing guys and he's getting he's getting bigger he's getting older i'm about to have a kindergartner people i'm about to have a kindergartner people and let me tell y'all it, it, it makes me feel a little old sometimes I'm not gonna lie when you have a child they just find ways to make you feel a little old because you'll sit back and say, damn, I have a kindergartner. I have a five-year-old, five years. It puts life into perspective, people. And like I said, kids, they never shy away from making sure to remind you that you're old. And my son, he has this weird obsession. It's not a weird obsession because I think all kids feel this way, even me. We want to get older. We want to grow up. We want to reach 20. We want to reach 21. You want to reach 25. You're constantly wanting to get older. And he's already on that. He wants to be a nine-year-old so bad. He is so obsessed with being nine for some reason. I don't know what comes with being a nine-year-old. But in his mind, great things come with being nine years old. So he's always obsessed with getting older. And we're talking on the phone. We're FaceTiming like we always do. And he says, Dad, are you old? I said, no, son. Me? Dad, me? Man, I ain't old, man. Come on, bro. I'm only 28 years old. Well, isn't 20 pretty old? I said, no, man. 28 old, man. Come on, bro. I ain't even 30 yet, man. Don't age me. If 20's old, then that definitely makes me old. And he said, oh, well, so are you kind of old? I said, man, listen. Dad ain't old at all. I'm never going to be old. I ain't never going to be old. I'm living to 150. Stop calling me old. And then he kind of let it go. Because I was getting a little aggressive. I got a little upset. I got a little bothered. Because I'm like, listen, I'm not at that point yet where people was calling me old. But when you have a kid. When you have a child, you're always going to be old to them because you're older than them. So now I know my son sees me as an old man. I me, mean, I thought I was the cool dad. I thought I was the hip, young, popping dad. That You know, I pull up to the school and all his friends say, dad, your dad's so cool, man. He looks dope. Man, he's the coolest dad ever. 
but now you ask me am I old? You just hit kindergarten, son. You ain't got the, you ain't got the right to ask me if I'm old, boy. See, well, that's what happens when kids get a little older. They get a little, a little more disrespectful. They start asking you questions that you just ain't ready to answer. I told y'all the other day, he asked me about, you know, the gender roles between boys and girls and things like that. And that was hard enough. But what you're not going to do, son, is you're not going to call me old, brother. You're not going to call me old because we got a long way to go. Daddy going to be here for another 100 years, brother. And you better not call me old when I'm 100. You better not call me old when I'm 150. Actually, matter of fact, I did tell him that when I'm 100, that is when he is allowed to call me old. Because I'm going to 150. So those last 50 years, that's just me kicking it up and chilling. So you can call me old because you're going to be taking care of me, bro. You're going to be taking care of me. If I might have a diaper. Honey, your old dude might not be able to, you know, empty his own bowels. So I might have a diaper. Brother, you're going to have to change my diaper. And I'm going to remember these conversations we have, young king. I'm going to remember these conversations we have. And I'm going to let you listen to episode 24 of the podcast so you can see why. You're the child that has to change my diapers. You're the child that has to push me around in my wheelchair. You're the child that has to take care of me. Shout out to you, son. Congratulations on graduating. Now you are officially old enough to take care of your dad. Now you're old enough to go get me a cup of water when I'm thirsty. My dad used to call me out of my room. I'd be upstairs. She'd be downstairs in the living room. Living room a couple steps away from the kitchen. My dad would call my name, yell down to come get me as if something incredible was happening. And I would rush out of my room and come down. Dad, what's up? What you need? Hey, son, give me some water. And it better have enough ice cubes. And it better have enough ice cubes. That's what my dad would say. Those are the kind of things my dad had me do for him. And I was just running chores, running errands and all that. And now my son is in kindergarten. He can do the same. So, son, if you want to keep calling me old, that's fine. Because the older I get, the older you get. And the older you get, that means chores. That means responsibility. And it means more school. Shout out to you. And honestly, I feel a little bad for him because he's so excited for kindergarten. He is so excited for kindergarten. But I think that's because he doesn't realize that kindergarten is going to be way more work than preschool. Because he didn't really feel preschool. He didn't feel the rules. He didn't like being told what to do. He didn't like that he couldn't play and do whatever he wanted. Much like his dad, I'm a very, I'm an individual. You know, I like doing things my way. And he's very much the same. And so he's very excited about kindergarten. But I don't think he realizes that, like, the older he gets, the further along the scholastic line that he gets, it's only going to get worse, bro. But, you know, I want to keep his spirit up high because he's very excited. So shout out to my little man. Shout out to you, bro, man. I'm so proud of you. Um, I can't wait to see the four or five other graduations you have because now we got kindergarten. We got elementary school. We got middle school. We got high school. We got college. We got your PhD. Bro, I'm going to be there for all that, man. So I'm so proud of you, bro. I'm so excited for you. This is just the start, man. It's the start of you becoming a young man. So, you know, when you're listening to this, like I said, when you're 20, when you're 30, bro, just know right now at this moment, man, I can never be more prouder than you than I am right now, man. So shout out to my son. Shout out to little Dominic. You are the coolest little kid in the world, man. I'm so proud of you. And I cannot wait to celebrate all of your greatness with you when I see you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about greatness. And I hate to even have to talk about this on the Kobe episode because it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right to mention how my Los Angeles Lakers got bounced out the NBA playoffs. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the defending champs didn't even make it to seven games against the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns bounced the L.A. Lakers in the first round. I have not seen this happen since that year Kobe Bryant pulled up to the playoffs with Kwame Brown. I have not seen this, and it hurt. LeBron James lost his first ever first-round playoff game with this Los Angeles Lakers team. And I told y'all, I came in with high spirits. I came with high spirits. I thought we were beating the Suns at five. I didn't think they had nothing for us. But I also assumed that we would be a healthy Laker team. Now, I'll be very honest. You can go back and look at my tweets. I have a Laker thread at BC underscore underscore TV on Twitter. I did say 
the makeup of this team made me uncomfortable because if you look at last year's championship team i don't care what you say that bubble championship to me is the hardest championship to win period especially from the lakers because everything about the, like the allure of the franchise comes from staples comes from that fan base and we missed out on that beat in the bubble so to me i thought it was one of the hardest hardest championships to win but that team that lakers team even during the regular season they just showed a certain level of dominance because we had so much size we had so much defense we had just a team full of defense. And yes, there were times where like, okay, we're missing scores. We're missing a ball handler. We needed Rondo to come back healthy. And luckily he did. And there was definitely things that I saw on that team that, you know, okay, we can improve on them next year. But to just blow up the whole roster. And that's really what they did. Losing JaVale, losing Dwight, right there alone, that made me nervous. Because you replaced them with a Marcus Gasol who has a plenty of playoff experience who is a Hall of Famer, who is one of the smartest big men that basketball has ever seen. But he's also like 37 years old. He's also three or four years outside of his best basketball. And we brought him in, we gave him money, and let JaVale and Dwight go. To me, that was the first mistake. Because Dwight and JaVale made us so dominant down low. Players didn't want to come inside. Because if they did come inside, they was coming to bodies. And then you add Anthony Davis in the mix, and we constantly had two amazing defenders on the court at all times. And as much as people like talking about small ball and how small ball is the future of the NBA, the Lakers showed how important size is. And if you even want to look at this series with the Phoenix Suns, again, how important was size for us deandre aiden had himself an amazing game booker was able to get to the cup get get off shots was able to do so many different things we had no defense shooters guarding guys full court just to get blown by instantly we let cameron Payne cook us when you look at this when you look at these games when you look at these five games that it took the suns to beat us they weren't scared of us at all they were not i'm sorry six games they were not scared of us at all they came out ready to fight, and we came out lackadaisical. We came out tired, and we came out really like we weren't ready to play ball. And I do truly believe Braun is, was hurt, was playing through an injury. Obviously, Anthony Davis was hurt. Borg just couldn't stay on the court. And when your two best players are down and just aren't healthy, you expect the other guys to pick up the slack. But I just didn't feel we put the right roster around these guys to do that love Schroeder man I've always been a fan of him but we're handing this guy the keys like we're about to give him a max contract to be our point guard of the future and we've seen six years of Schroeder where yeah my man he can get a bucket but it's those little things that he just can't stay on the court he can't be a starter because he doesn't play great defense he doesn't always make the best decisions sometimes he settles for a jumper when he should take it inside or maybe look for the pass and those weaknesses show they showed during this playoffs because he was highlighted more than anybody because he immediately had to be that number two for Braun because AD couldn't play. And then we had Drummond, right? We added Drummond before the season ended. And me, I was so happy because I thought, okay, we are getting some of that size, some of that dominance inside that we need. But ladies and gentlemen, as you could tell, adding Drummond just felt like it was too little too late because Drummond is also only 6'10". He's not a seven-footer like McGee he doesn't have the shoulders and wingspan that Dwight has or the athleticism honestly so he really still didn't fill that void and then adding Drummond in so late when you have hair when you have Gasol and you're really trying to find your identity now you got to blow the whole thing up because now there are no really set rotations because you've been dealing with injuries all season you have three centers 
and you only really like playing a center for a little bit because AD finishes the games at the five. You have all of these different pieces now, and now Vogel is trying once again to put all these pieces together and make the perfect puzzle. And he had to do it last year, too. Don't get me wrong. There were plenty of injuries last season, and I gave Vogel all the credit in the world for being able to make the adjustments, be able to make the roster rotations that got us to where we were at. Man, we were so dominant, but we were also a great team. The chemistry was there. You know, you could see how great our guys got along, and it just didn't feel that way this season. And then we also got to – I don't want to make excuses for my team, but I've got, I'm going to. Dude, we only got a month off. Bubble ball in the NBA season, there was only a month apart. So the Lakers and the Miami Heat, two teams that got bounced in the first round very quickly, they had to have been so tired and so gassed. And look, look at the season we had this year. You could tell these guys were burnt out. They were burnt out, and it clearly showed because these guys' bodies just could not handle the rigorous effects of the playoffs after only having a month off to give your body rest you got to give your body rest i think that's one thing we've seen that's made bronze career so impressive it's the longevity of his body and being able to take care of himself and having that little month in between that had to probably tear up all of his off-season plans you know bron is very regimented he's very routine and i think that played a big part man we saw a team that was not healthy now, I say all this to say I am not nervous. I don't think we fire Vogel. I don't even know if we blow this team up. I'm not really sure what we do. I think Rob Polinka put us in a good position because we have a lot of guys that are on, like, two-year team option contracts or player option contracts where a lot of these guys won't be on our roster next year. Harold's going to be a free agent. Schroeder's going to be a free agent. Horton Tucker will be a free agent, but I'm pretty sure we'll keep him back because we'll have his rights. Caruso's going to be a free agent. There are a ton of guys. Marcus Saul, there's going to be a ton of guys that we're not going to have on that team. I'll be shocked if we hold Marcus Saul's contract another year. I'm sure that'll be gone as well. Really, we got Braun, AD, and Kuzma, and then a couple other guys sprinkled in, but a lot of these guys were on one-year deals, so this Lakers team could look completely different come this offseason and honestly i'm ready for it i'm excited for it it doesn't hurt as bad i'm not like hanging my head down because we did just win the championship and also you cannot beat father time you cannot be injury so it is what it is and honestly it's been kind of fun watching these young nba stars emerge trey young even jason tatum even though he didn't play great but he still had some amazing games you know we're looking at luka Doncic's. Look at these guys. We're like, yo, this is the future of the NBA. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. It's impressive, man, because now we're realizing, okay, Bron, D-Wade, Carmelo, these guys are getting out of the league now. You know, those were our stars. That was that was the league. That was what encompassed the playoffs every year. Bron and Steph Curry. Bron and Steph Curry. But now we're starting to see these young guys is ready, man. And, and, and it's dope just to see that transition because you always see it, right? When I was younger, we saw the transition from the Michael Jordan era to the Kobe era. Then I got older and I saw the Kobe era transition to the LeBron era. Then we saw the LeBron era transition to like the Steph Curry, Kevin Durant era. And now we're seeing a new era, which could be a Trey Young, a Devin Booker era, a Luka Doncic era. So, I mean, it is exciting. I'm not as hurt and heartbroken but it does suck to see your team losing the first round especially when you're the defending champs because you know everybody in the world can't wait to talk trash about the lakers we are the most hated franchise in the world just because we have kept y'all favorite teams from winning championships i get it i understand it is hard to witness greatness when you're not a part of it but let me tell y'all man i still enjoyed our championship season it was very interesting to see the different rotations to see guys like talon Horn and tucker to even see shooter guys like that kind of step into their own and become 
you know, players that deserve a little bit of money. I'll be very interested to see what Schroeder gets, what THT gets. If I'm the Lakers, I'm not bringing Schroeder back for a lot of money. He did just say today that he wants to come back and that money doesn't matter. If that's the case, if we could get him for 15 or under, man, go for it because, like I said, Schroeder can't hoop. I just think this Laker team moving forward needs to understand Bron's best days are gone. We all know that. Nobody beats Father Time, right? We've even seen him get a couple injuries these last few years. So we know that it's about a wrap. AD, this is your team, bro. Anthony Davis, you have the tools and intangibles to be the most unguardable player in the NBA next to KD. That's who your name should be next to right now. It's KD and nobody else. You have been given all of the glory, all of the credit. Everybody talks about how great you are, how you are this phenomenal big man. Bruh, it's time to take it to that next level, AD. Now, I love you, man. I get it. Man, listen, I'm not saying 25 and 12 a night is a small feat. But when you're playing playoff basketball, AD, when you're wearing that Lakers jersey that some of the greatest big men to ever play basketball wore, bro, you got to bring a certain level of dominance. You got to come to these games just a little different. You're Anthony Davis. You could be the number one player in the world right now. That's your skill set. That's how great you are. And I truly think that the way this playoffs went, I truly think this would be a wake-up call for Anthony Davis. Man, I truly think we are going to get a healthy AD next year. I think that his off-season regimen, the way he prepares himself, the way his body gets taken care of, I think he's going to take that to a whole other level. I think that's the beauty of playing with LeBron James because LeBron James shows you how to be a professional. He shows you how to be a star, and he shows you what it takes to have longevity in this league. So I truly think this next year, the reemergence of the L.A. Lakers is going to be beautiful. And I can't wait to see what we do in the offseason, man. I'll be very interested to see what we do with our center position. Do we bring Drummond back? I don't think we can afford him. Do we go look at JaVale or maybe Dwight again? Do we grab Whiteside? Who do we bring in to, to man our post? Because... It's serious. We need big men. We need big men. Anthony Davis refuses to play the five. He will never want to start in the five with the Lakers, and that's fine. you got to keep your stars happy. So we need some more defense. We need some dominant players. And we also need guys to hit shots. Suns hit every shot they took. Every shot they took, it was going in. And we were just leaving them open. And what they did to us was they dared us to shoot. And they would leave us open. And we constantly settled for bad shots and missed open looks. And you can't – that's not winning basketball. That's not playoff basketball. But like I said, man, this was a – this is a season that was very different than anything we've ever seen before. You know, COVID has changed so much. So I'm very, very excited to see the 2022 season and also see the end of this playoffs, man. I can't wait to see who's going to win. I have no idea what's going to happen. It This is one of the most competitive playoffs I've ever seen. And I don't think anybody can really say, yo, this team is definitely making it to the finals. This team is definitely winning it all. So that's fun in itself. But I'm very excited to see the offseason for my team. I'm very excited to see what Braun does because I think he only has a year or two left. So I really want to enjoy this time. And yeah, man, shout out to the Lakers, man. I I hate that I have to talk about y'all losing on the Kobe episode, but it is what it is, man. We move forward, and the NBA playoffs continue. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 24. Episode 24 of your favorite podcast, your mama's favorite podcast, my favorite podcast, the Out of Character Podcast, episode 24. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC, and you can call me BC, too, if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. We hope you've enjoyed the show so far. 24 episodes, people. It's a big deal, man. And we're so happy to be here with y'all. It's an honor. It's a pleasure for me to constantly talk with y'all. And we got a lot more to get into. And I want to stay on the sports. I want to stay on sports real quick because you know on Out of Character, we're all about giving all flowers, right? We're all about celebrating black excellence. And ladies and gentlemen, an exceptional example 
of black excellence was placed this week by tennis superstar Naomi Osaka. Now, about a week ago, Naomi Osaka came out to the media and said, listen, during this French Open, the French Open's coming up, and of course she's a part of it because she's one of the greatest tennis players already, and she's only 23. Let's say this first, that she is a 23-year-old young lady. So Naomi Osaka comes out and says, listen, some of these questions, some of the interviews that I have, they give me anxiety. So I want you all to know that I will not be participating in some of these pre-match interviews. Because you guys ask us questions, you guys try to get in our heads, y'all mess up our confidence. And Naomi was very honest and candid about struggling with anxiety. She, she called herself an introvert and says that a lot of times doing all of this stuff alone, just talking to media alone, eats her up. It's too much for her. And she was very honest and candid, which is a beautiful thing because, ladies and gentlemen, May just finished, but May is Mental Health Month. So you would think during Mental Health Month, we would take all mental health issues seriously. Especially when it's coming from a 23-year-old young woman. Not to mention that she's a superstar of the sport. Not to mention the amount of money and press she's brought to tennis. Because we know Serena Williams, you know, her and Venus, her, they're getting older. Their time's done. They're about to leave the league, right? So you need a new face. And Naomi Osaka has become that new face where little boys and girls everywhere are trying to tune into tennis that maybe never cared about it before because she is so inspiring and because she is such an icon. So we get this icon tell us, like, listen, I do not want to do these interviews. I think they're bad for my mental health, and I just don't think they put me in the right space before these big matches. So I am going to choose not to do them. And tennis responds, the French Open responds and says, okay, well, we'll be finding you. We'll be finding you a hefty amount of money. A hefty amount. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a hefty fine. A $15,000 fine. That's what they find her for skipping her press, quote-unquote, responsibilities. Because all athletes, no matter the sport, they actually do have responsibilities and obligations to speak to the media. That's NBA players after a loss. That's NFL players after losing the Super Bowl. We've seen it a lot. And we've seen a lot of ugly incidents and interviews because players were rightfully emotional. They were going through a lot. And that's what happens. These reporters ask wild questions and like i said naomi osaka was very very candid she said listen i'm not a public speaker i am not comfortable with this these interviews being in front of people being in front of all these cameras takes my anxiety to a 10. so please i would i don't mean no disrespect but i would like to not participate in these because they just aren't good for my mental health and i am struggling with depression i am struggling with depression this young queen is telling us that she is struggling with depression. I don't care that she's worth millions. I don't care that she's won all of these awards and that she's beloved and that she is dating a famous rap star. None of that matters when you're dealing with mental illness, people. None of that matters when you're dealing with depression. You think a logical person would feel that way, right? A logical person would respect that and hear that and say, you know what, that's fine. But the French Open did not. Like I said, they, they fined her $15,000 for missing her press obligations. And they threatened to continue to find her. If you play through this French Open and you do no interviews, you will be hit with $15,000 fines every single time is the precedent that French Open set for Naomi. And like the true queen Naomi is, because a lot of people, we've talked about this before, we talked about leverage when it comes to the workplace, when it comes to corporate America, when it comes to just fulfilling your dreams. People always feel like they have leverage over you. They feel like because they can wave money over your head or because they can take things from you or because they can threaten to down your name that that gives them all the leverage and you have to bend to their wills. 
And a lot of people feel that way, especially when they're athletes, because these athletes not only are taking care of their own families and kids, but they have whole teams. They have whole teams of people to take care of and families of those people to take care of. So there is maybe 50 different people on Naomi's payroll, right? So that's a lot of pressure. You feel that as if when you have that many people depending on you, that your mental health might not matter. That I have to put all their mental health before mine and all their comfortabilities and financial stabilities on my shoulders. But that's just not the case. And thank goodness this queen Naomi Osaka was able to sit back and say, you know what? I don't need this. And that's exactly what she did, people. That's exactly what she did. She told the French Open, you know what? I am withdrawn. I will not be a part of your tournament this year. Since you all feel that what I'm doing is a distraction, since you all feel me not talking to the press deserves me to lose thousands and thousands of dollars, I'm out. Peace. Enjoy it. Have fun. I'm not going to be there. And that's what Naomi did. And let me tell y'all, it outraged so many people. It outraged so many people that this young lady took her future and her mental health into her own hands. Can you imagine that? People were so upset calling her selfish, saying it was bad for the sport, saying that she should have never be allowed to be invited to the French Open again, that she's being sensitive, that she's being a baby. Oh, you're a millionaire. Why are you depressed for? What are you depressed for? All of these toxic, nasty things that we do to celebrities and athletes. But then on the flip side, when these athletes, when these entertainers commit suicide, when they overdose on drugs, when they're put into psych wards because of their mental health, then we wear them on t-shirts. We celebrate them on Twitter. We, we post them every anniversary of their birthdays. But when they're here in front of us, when a 23-year-old young lady is in front of us saying, people, listen, I'm struggling. My mental health is not okay. I need out. I need a break. That's the thing. That's the thing. She didn't even ask to be out at first. She just asked for a break. Cut me a break. Please. I'm struggling over here. And too many times in our society, when we hear people ask for help, when we hear people say that their mental health isn't okay, we don't listen. We do not listen in a country where I'm constantly seeing people post about mental health month, how important it is, anxiety, all this stuff. And all these people say that they have anxiety themselves. But then when a young 23-year-old woman who may be a millionaire, who may be a superstar, who a lot of people may feel have a better life than them, you don't take that seriously. You don't take her cries for help seriously. And it made me so angry and it made me so upset because I don't care how many French Open she's won. I don't care how many times she's beat Serena Williams. When I hear a young woman, a black queen, say, this is bad for my mental health, I listen right away. There should be no other discussion. When a person says, this is bad for my mental health, this causes me anxiety, it makes me uncomfortable, it makes me sad, it makes me feel bad about myself, there should be no discussion. The only discussion should be, how do we make you feel better? How do we fix this? What can we eliminate? What can we do to make you feel better? That should have been the only conversation around Naomi Osaka. And I'm sure her beautiful team did that for her. Because I'm sure she probably discussed this with her parents, with, you know, everybody that was in a position to make money off of her being at the French Open. I'm sure she had those talks. And thank goodness she has a circle of people that care about her and told her, sister, go get your mental health right. Because y'all can be mad at her as y'all want. But if God forbid something happened to this child because her mental health wasn't okay, then what would y'all be saying? 
then what? The whole world would be fake devastated, right? So when she tells y'all, listen, guys, this isn't good for me. Listen, listen to these young women. Listen to these men when they say it. Because your mental health is not a joke. This is coming from somebody that has a family full of people with mental health problems. It's serious. It's nasty. And you might not be able to see the issues that they see and that they're feeling, but it doesn't mean they don't exist, people. It doesn't mean they don't exist. I don't care how much money somebody has. I don't care how beautiful their life is. I don't care how many trips they take. Some of the richest people in the world are the saddest people. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're all still humans. So shout out to Naomi because to me, this 23-year-old woman set a precedent for other athletes before her and after her. You know how many athletes, older, let's talk about men athletes, that deal with anxiety, that aren't comfortable saying that they deal with it? Kevin Love, for instance. It took 10 years into Kevin Love's career for him to feel comfortable enough to talk about his mental health. And a lot of ugliness happened before he was even comfortable with that. But if we would have gave a space, a healthy space, for him to discuss his mental health and say, you know what, I'm not okay. I need to take this season off of basketball to get myself right. If he felt comfortable doing that, imagine, imagine what that would do for athletes, man. Imagine the athletes and the type of excellence we would get from these athletes if we allowed them a chance to constantly get their mental health right. Like we do regular everyday people. And I know right now I can send an email to my job right now saying I need a personal day. I need a mental health day. And they legally have to give it to me because I have a certain amount. Athletes, actors, famous people, musicians, whoever, they deserve that same respect. Because there are a ton of other athletes, I'm sure, that feel the same way Naomi does. That feels anxiety, that feels pressure, that feels stress, that feels the weight of the world is on their shoulders. And we have to protect these people because they're entertaining us. Naomi is making it easy for if I have a daughter, I know I'm going to point at Naomi and say, look at her. You could do that. She did this. She's been doing this since she was a teenager. Look at her greatness. And yeah, she looks like you too. Having those role models, having those people, those icons in our culture are so important. So ladies and gentlemen, we have to take care of them. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to take care of Naomi Osaka the best way we can. We have to surround her with love surround her with support because we know what happens we've seen it a lot when these athletes try to take their lives into their own hands and take out a lot of money of these rich white folks pockets we see these these random stories come out these scandals these out of nowhere so and so did this at a movie theater so and so did it. you know we always hear these random things so i i refuse to allow any negative press to come out about naomi osaka and i feel like us as a community we all have to feel that way because this sister is doing work that is so important think about 10 20 years from now think about our kids when they're in positions to where their mental health is being compromised what naomi did is going to change the game and i have no doubt about that and not only change tennis but change sports and the way athletes come about dealing with sports and their mental health it's all going to change now because of naomi so shout out to her i had to give her her flowers and i also just say please people whether it's a celebrity, whether it's somebody in your family, whether it's a close friend, whether it's your girlfriend or your boyfriend, if somebody is telling you they are struggling with their mental health, please listen. Please take it seriously. I can't explain to you the strength and courage it takes for anyone to come out and say, I am struggling with mental health. I'm having anxiety. So shout out to that queen, man. Shout out to anybody that's struggling with mental health. 
know that if you're listening, if you're somebody close to me and I don't know that you're struggling with mental health, tell me. Reach out to me, bro. I will sit and talk to you for hours just so you can vent. I have plenty of friends that struggle with depression, and I try to be there for them as much as possible. So please, if you're listening, don't be ashamed if you feel anxiety. Don't be ashamed if you feel overwhelmed. Know that you're not alone. Know that there's millionaires out there dealing with it too. You're not crazy. Life is just hard sometimes. And know that me, BC, from the Out of Character Podcast is here for you, is here to listen to you, and is here to be there for you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 24. Episode 24 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, and I am so grateful and humbled to be your host. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC, too, if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for being here. It's been a fun show. But we got a little more to get into, people. We got a little more to get into because this COVID-19 vaccination, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is out and about. And to much people's pleasure, it is allowed outside to open back up, which everybody wanted, right? People were struggling in the house for a year which I understand. The clubs closed, your restaurants closed, movie theaters closed. People have been going crazy in the house. So now that this vaccination is out, everybody and their mama is hurrying and rushing to get it. And we're even seeing ads, we're seeing celebrities, we're seeing everybody all over really pushing, get this vaccine, get this vaccine, which is a beautiful thing because there was lives at stake. People were dying, people were losing family, people were losing loved ones, people were losing children. And that is never something to be taken lightly. So it's dope. Shout out to everybody that got vaccinated. That's so cool. But please, please do not be one of those people that gets their little two vaccinations and then all of a sudden sits on a high horse and looking down on anybody that has not gotten that vaccination. I cannot tell you how uncomfortable it makes me when people start talking about vaccination, especially as somebody that hasn't gotten it yet. Now, let me say I'm not opposed to getting it. Just haven't gotten it. Just hasn't come about. Just not something I've taken the time to do. But I'm not necessarily opposed to getting it. I just haven't yet. All good. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, it's not that big of a deal. I don't be around nobody. I don't go out. I wear my mask everywhere. I don't hang out. I don't go to the club. I don't put people in danger. Cool. In my mind, I'm good right now, right? And I don't even like talking about it. I don't even like telling people that I don't got the vaccination. Because what happens when you tell them you don't have it, but they have it? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. The lectures start pouring in. Well, everybody should get it. It's not just about you. You could be healthy, but you could get somebody else sick, blah, 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 which is all right, which is all true. Cool. However, the nerve of y'all to judge others for not doing something that you don't fully understand, because I know y'all don't understand. Y'all are not scientists. Y'all do not know what's in these vaccinations. The only thing y'all know is that y'all turn on CNN. Somebody told y'all y'all needed this vaccination. They told y'all that it may help. They told y'all that y'all could still catch COVID from it and also give COVID to somebody. But hey, get this vaccination because who knows? It can't hurt. That's the information you all have. I don't care what anybody says. That is the information that the regular everyday person got. And that is why y'all got y'all vaccination because somebody told y'all to. So how dare y'all just somebody for feeling like they don't want to get the vaccination because maybe somebody told them not to trust it. What makes your information more solid than this person's information? Scientists and doctors told you on TV. Let me tell y'all somebody that works on TV. Y'all get lied to every day. As a producer of somebody that creates television, our job is to lie to y'all. Our job is to get y'all stressed out, to get y'all panicked, to get y'all angry, to evoke as much emotion as possible. 
Showing y'all little puppies ain't evoking the emotion we want. That's why we throw that at the bottom of the show. Look at any newscast. Any lighthearted, good, fun stories is buried at the bottom of the show. And at the top of the show is chaos. Because the world loves it. The world loves chaos. And the world also loves lying to us. So if the world loves lying to us, why the hell would I be excited or anxious or ready to get a vaccination I know nothing about? Because it may help people, but, but I can still catch the virus. You can still catch it too. You got your two shots. Yeah, you got sick for that day or whatever. But you can still catch it too. So if I don't sit here and judge you for being a sheep, if I don't sit here and judge you for not having your own brain and thinking for yourself and making your own decision, because some people do do that. Some people actually sit and make their own decision and do their own research. But I promise y'all these people that are sitting on their high horses judging others for not getting the vaccination, all y'all did was watch the news. If I called you right now, you could not explain to me anything that's in that vaccination. Not scientifically. I promise you, you couldn't. And I'm not judging anybody for getting it because some people had to get it. That's fine. Do whatever you feel is comfortable. But do not go around judging others for not doing the same thing you decided to do. How dare y'all question minorities for not feeling comfortable getting a vaccination after everything we have been through in the medical field. And I know this for a fact because I'm a black man that has to go to the doctor a lot because I have nerve damage. I have spinal problems. I have issues with my body. And when I go to the hospital and I go see these doctors that are telling us these things on TV, I know how they look at me. I know how I'm treated. I know the respect that I'm given, which is very minimal. And it's not something I'm making up. Matter of fact, I'll tell y'all a story. I went to the doctors last week because, you know, as y'all know, the pandemic, I lost my job and I didn't have insurance. So now that I'm working again, I have insurance again. I have a little extra time. I said, OK, it's time to get, you know, life right. Let me go get a checkup. Let me go talk to this doctor about certain things I've been feeling. You know, let me just get a new primary care doctor like everybody else does. And my last primary care doctor was a sister. And I will say she is the first medical professional outside of a Colombian doctor I had that really took the time to take care of me and listen to me and made me feel heard. Other doctors do not. I've had doctors refuse to give me pain pills that have been prescribed to me for years just because of the way I looked. Straight up. Oh, I'm not giving you this. Bro, I've been taking this for years. No, no, I'm not giving this to you. Not me. I've had a doctor look at me and say that. I've had doctors come and not even look me in my eyes during the whole, the whole exam. So my mind state going into the doctors isn't really always great anyway. But you know what? I need to take my health seriously. Also, there's a pandemic going on, so maybe I should get some more information about this vaccine, whatever. So I came in with an open mind. So I get to the doctor's office. Of course, you know, you weigh, everybody weighs the doctor's office. No big deal. I get in there, and I'm sitting in there, and the nurse helps me out. She's a real nice young lady, helps me out, um, takes my blood, all that stuff, whatever. And she's like, okay, wait, the doctor's coming in. So I sit and wait, waiting for a minute. And then the door opens. Doctor comes in, head down, looking at the ground. Very, very serious. Doesn't greet me. Doesn't say anything and just sits down. And immediately, I'm somebody. I like bothering people. I like getting under people's skin. I also like embarrassing people that don't do the things that I like them to do. So I said, um, wow, you're very serious. And she looked up at me like she was in a trance. What? what? I said, you're very serious. Most people, when they come in and meet somebody new, they greet them. They're welcoming. They're warm. Not you. And she looked and kind of nervous. Left. Oh, I'm sorry. My mind's just on other things. Blah, blah. I'm so sorry. Cool. No big deal. We all working. Stuff happens. It's all good. I laughed it off, played it off. I'm just messing with you anyway. So we continue about it. And she's like, okay, what's going on? And as I'm talking to her about, you know, the things I've been dealing with, she pulls out her phone. 
pulls out her phone and starts texting. Not like just pulls out her phone and looks at it. Like she pulls out her phone and is like scrolling and reading. Like she's focused on this phone. Didn't say anything. I just kept going. Eventually she starts paying attention again. It just completely ignores everything I said. I said, okay, is there anything else? So I start talking about something else that's going on. She pulls out her phone again. Starts texting all that. And at this time, I'm like, okay, I'm like, yo, do you, do you need a minute? And she looks at me, oh, no, no, it's okay. Um, My husband's at the store for me, and he's running to get something, so I just need him to get this for me. Bruh, you couldn't have done this before you walked into the office? Would you do this if I was 50-year-old Karen in here, and I looked just like you? Probably not. Probably not. But no respect. She's treating me, and I'm like, listen. I'm not a little kid. I'm a 28-year-old man, all right? What an amazing job. But I don't get treated as such. I get treated like some punk kid whenever I go into hospitals for whatever reason. But the the exam continues. And she mentions the vaccine. And I say, no, I haven't got it yet. Before I could finish my sentence, this white woman went on the rant of her life. She placed judgment on me that I have not felt since I was a little kid. Now, never once did I say I wasn't going to get it. Never once did I say I was an anti-vaxxer or whatever they call these people. I just said I hadn't gotten it yet. But she didn't even give me the chance to explain it. She immediately looked me up and down and said, oh, he's an anti-vaxxer. He refuses to do this. He's irresponsible. And she just went in on me. And I had to cut her off because she was going in. I said, lady, I didn't say I wasn't going to get it. And she stopped. Oh, oh, oh. She just went on to her little, like, white woman caring thing. You know how they get. You know how those, like, entitled white women get where they just think they're better than anybody and untouchable. These are the vibes that this lady was giving me. So after she scolded me about the vaccine, I told her, I said, listen, I, I know that you felt that that spiel was helpful. But let me tell you that just from what you said to me, I may never get this vaccine ever. Learn how to talk to people, lady. And she's just looking at me, and it was just a bad experience. It was just a terrible experience. And that's just one experience I had just last week. And there's black and brown folks all around the world that probably deal with that every time they step into a doctor's office. That alone right there should explain to you why certain black and brown people do not trust modern medicine. They do not trust vaccines. I have seen videos of people being able to put magnets on their arms on where they've gotten this shot from. That is not normal. But nobody's questioning it because CNN told you, go get this vaccine. It's good for you. It's not really going to help, but it's going to help a little. And that's all y'all needed, which is fine. That is okay. There are plenty of people in this world that do not think for themselves. There are plenty of people in this world that don't even have the luxury of thinking for themselves. There's some people in jobs that they're forced to get the vaccine. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I do not judge you for that. But don't you dare judge somebody else for not putting something into their body that they do not know what it is how dare you how dare you black and brown people have been mistreated in medicine since we got brought to this country and with all of that history with all these things that we know all the lies we've been told man they lied to us about christopher columbus that was like second or third grade they lied to us about that you don't think they lied to us about medicine they lied to us about anything so how dare you Sit and judge somebody for not getting a vaccine. Say, oh, only people that support Trump do that. Oh, y'all, you're, you're being irresponsible, blah, blah. Well, how about this? I think you're an idiot. I think you're dumb for putting something in your body that you know nothing about. How about that? 
That'd be wild for me to say, right? That'd be wild for me to judge people for getting a vaccination. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's wild for you to decide to judge somebody that chooses not to get a vaccination. Because history has shown us that black and brown people do not get taken care of in medical fields. You know how many sisters come into hospital pregnant and leave without their baby? Way more than white women. Are you telling me that's a coincidence? Of course it's a coincidence. Because everything is just a coincidence, right? Whenever it happens to black and brown people, it's just a coincidence. Oh, it's not a big deal. You're making too much of it. People are insane. But I don't sit. I know plenty of people with the vaccine. And I, I don't throw y'all shade. I don't throw y'all judgment. I don't say y'all going to be zombies. I don't say stuff like that. So when I say, no, I do not have the vaccination, shut the hell up. I don't need your two cents. I don't need to know why it's important for me to get it. I'll get whatever the hell I want. And everybody should feel that way. Do what you want. Everybody needs to mind their own business, man. Y'all spend so much time worried about what others are doing. Worry about what you're doing. Take care of yourself. Take care of your wife. Take care of your kids. Take care of your husband. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about Joe Smo not getting the vaccination. Too many times, people refuse to just mind their own damn business. If you feel you're in a position to judge somebody, you better take a look in the mirror and realize you ain't shit just like the rest of us. You bleed just like the rest of us. You cry just like the rest of us. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I sound a little perturbed, but I am so sick of hearing because it's the same type of people that are constantly judging and telling people what to do. But y'all don't even think for yourselves. Y'all don't do no research. I'll call you right now. You can't tell me nothing that's in that vaccine. All you can do is tell me that you saw somebody say it was a good thing to do. Your primary care doctor said go for it. That's not thinking for yourself. And I could judge you for that, but I won't. I won't. Just don't judge me for not getting the vaccination. And I wish I could articulate why I don't get the vaccinations. Because I haven't gotten flu shots. I don't get shots at all. I haven't got one since I was a little kid. But my good uncle, Charlemagne the guy, he had an interview on this show. And I think he explained perfectly why folks are reluctant to get the vaccine. And I want to play it for y'all because I don't think I can articulate it as well as he did. You know, just the systemic racism in the medical system. You know, people will point to the Tuskegee experiment. They'll point to, you know, the Henrietta Lacks case. And, you know, for me, I've had people from the Biden administration, I've had people from, you know, Governor Cuomo's team reach out to me and ask me to be on these task force to help lead people to get the vaccine, lead black people to get the vaccine. And I always say, man, I've never seen y'all in a rush to remedy anything else in the black community. You know, when it comes to poverty, when it comes to police brutality, when it comes to all of these things that we know the black community could use in order to thrive. I don't ever see y'all in a rush with anything to remedy those issues. But with this vaccine, it's just like we got to get it to black people and we got to get it to black people now. It's just like, nah, we got hundreds and hundreds of years of why we should not trust this government and all of these other things going on with us and no help is coming. But this you want us to just take? Nah, it's kind of. Eh. And ladies and gentlemen, he said it perfectly with the history of black and brown people being abused, mistreated, and taken advantage of in medicine. Why wouldn't you at least question it? And that's all I'm saying. Like I said, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not opposed to getting it. If I need to get it, if my job tells me, all good, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I understand why people are reluctant. And that's all I'm saying. Understand why people don't get it. When you hear somebody doesn't have it, don't just immediately rush to judgment and say, oh, you're a Trumper, oh, you're irresponsible. No. There are historical facts 
that make black and brown people smart black and brown people black and brown people that take the time to research and find things out themselves there's a reason those type of people are reluctant just like he said bro i have never seen y'all take try to take care of us like this before y'all want all the black people to take this vaccine but y'all don't care that our murder rates are high y'all don't care that there's a large amount of us that are homeless or disenfranchised y'all don't care about that y'all haven't tried to fix that at all cancer is still a thing aids is still a thing but this vaccine sure came out of nowhere right these are things that it's okay to question there's nothing wrong with people questioning those kind of things a logical human being would question that before putting something into their body but y'all gonna judge people and call them anti-vaxxers and call them trump supporters it's ridiculous to me so once again run that charlemagne the god clip back anytime you want to question or judge somebody for not getting the vaccine run that charlemagne the god clip back run episode 24 of the out of character podcast back because you should not feel like you're in a, pos a position to judge anyone nobody should judge people y'all all need to mind y'all own damn business all y'all need to mind your own damn business and we talk about it a lot. And that honestly leads me to my out of character moment of the week before we wrap up episode 24 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you listen. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. So, ladies and gentlemen, last episode, I spoke to y'all about some tweets, some rules made by women that men are expected to follow. She said we weren't allowed to have birthday dinners, fellas. That's what they're saying. We can't have birthday dinners. Now another tweet comes out. There's a whole list now. And they say that a man can't enjoy an ice cream truck. That's a new thing now. Men can't enjoy the ice cream truck. To this day, if I hear the ice cream truck, I'm looking for quarters. I'm looking for a dollar. I want to run out there and get me a little pop or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I want to get me a little icy or something like that. But now I'm hearing that brothers can't even Go to ice cream trucks? Ladies and gentlemen, there's a whole list now. There's a whole list of things that these women say that we cannot do, and I'm going to read them for you all. So a group of women have come together to put together a list of things men cannot do. Rules that men have to abide by or else they will not be considered men. Ladies and gentlemen, listen up. Eating desserts. Men are not allowed to eat desserts. Eating a dessert is a feminine thing to do, and men should not be allowed to do it according to this list. Shivering in the cold. Fellas, we're not allowed to be cold no more. We can't be. No shiver. If you shiver, your lady gonna think you're a punk, fellas. According to women. Wearing a scarf. Now, personally, I take offense to this. As somebody with very long hair, as somebody that does wear somewhat of a bonnet to bed, I take offense to this. Do you want your man's hair looking crazy? Some of us have long hair. Some of us has braids. Some of us has very nice designs in our hair. We can't wrap our head before bed. Y'all go, y'all go to bed looking ridiculous. Y'all got masks on y'all face. Y'all got the colorful bonnets that look gross. Y'all look crazy when y'all go to bed. But we can't wear a scarf to protect our head. It's asinine. The list continues. We can't eat biscuits. We can't blow our noses. We can't skate. We can't skate. You telling me there was something wrong with Ti skating? You tell me there was something wrong with Bow Wow and Roll Bounce doing his thing with the fro? There's nothing wrong with that. That was masculine as hell. You saw they all had the women. T.I. got Nunu, and he got it from them skates. Let's keep it a buck. List continues. Shopping online. Fellas, shopping online is only allowed for women, I guess. We can't browse sites. 
we have to go to the store and get it because that's what men do right that's what men do we can't drink cocktails nope ladies and gentlemen just straight don't get you a mojito, brother. Don't take Shorty out on that first date and order a margarita. You will get judged. And I will say this, too. I have been out with family. Family. I, you know, I'll even say it. My sister, damn it. I was out with my sister one day, and I ordered a margarita. And when I ordered the margarita, I didn't have mine. I like tequila. I just wanted a mixed drink that tasted good. I got a margarita. And what happened was the waitress came back and handed my sister the margarita. And I was like, oh, no, that's mine. That's mine. And my sister looked at me and said, oh, well, she probably handed it to me because you ordered a girl's drink. Now, every time I order a margarita, I do kind of question myself a little bit. Yes, so I know that this is a thing that women be thinking in their heads. Oh, that's a girl's drink. Why'd you get a mixed drink? Why'd you get a mixed drink? That's how women be. Y'all, man, y'all make me sick. The list continues. Using an umbrella. Fellas, we aren't allowed to use umbrellas. Fellas, if it's raining outside and you're with your lady, you better give that umbrella to her and you better be standing there just getting fucking rained on. That's what they want. They want it to be like some movie shit where we're standing outside in the rain and we're getting drenched while our ladies is dry and clean. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Wearing a rucksack. Now, now, I'll get this. If y'all don't know what a rucksack is, it's essentially like a satchel or a purse. I personally... I have mixed views about that. Because some of this, y'all really do be wearing, like, purses. Like, I'm not with that. I wasn't raised to wear a purse. But, like, if I have on, like, a, a fanny pack, like, I'll put it around my shoulder because I think it's weird to put it around my waist. But I will say the satchel thing I kind of understand because, like, women got to have some things. Like, man, we can't take everything. You know, we already wearing the earrings. Brothers is wearing dresses. The least you could do is let the ladies have the purses. I, I will give you on that one. I will give you that one. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the list. There is more to the list, but I don't feel like going into it because it was getting me a little perturbed. It was getting me a little sick. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, these are the scrutinies that men face every single day. These new women, let me tell y'all, these new women are bold. These ex-quarantine chicks, let me tell y'all, they are coming out here with a vengeance. Fellas, if you, are, if you are fully vaxxed and you are deciding to go to the club, you are deciding to go out and mingle, I want y'all to understand, these women is built different now. This quarantine did something to them. Y'all better be careful. Because let me tell y'all, it's expensive outside. It's nasty outside. And it's unfair outside for us kings, fellas. So, fellas, as you get ready to embark on the journey that is outside post-pandemic, I want you to hear these words. I want you to remember this list. I want you to remember the tough scrutiny we are constantly under. But I also want you to know that it is okay to order a cocktail. It is okay to shiver when it's cold. Fellas, if it's raining, you put that umbrella over your head and protect your hair. Because maybe it'll get frizzy too. Fellas, do not allow the rules and laws society puts on us that women put on us to define us or affect how we live our lives. Matter of fact, the minute I'm done with here because I'm hot right now, I am going to go to the ice cream truck and get myself an ice cream. I am going to sneeze. I'm going to blow my nose. I am even going to shiver tonight if it's cold. Fellas, I implore you to do the same. Fellas, I implore you to do what you want to do. People, I implore you to do what you want to do. This whole episode's been about minding your own damn business. Women, if you got an issue with them ordering a mixed drink, just shut the hell up. Let them order the mixed drink. We don't tell y'all what to do. We, God forbid, we tell y'all what to do. God forbid we make a comment on y'all appearance. God forbid we make a comment on what y'all put into y'all bodies. Because the minute we did that, we'd be canceled. It'd be over for us. We'd have to fight off hundreds of women. But y'all could just make these comments and say these things about men. So you know what, fellas? We are taking a stand. Go do this. Go have your birthday dinner. Go chase the ice cream truck, king. 
Use an umbrella. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 24. Episode 24 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for being here. And we're almost done. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before we go today, I want to reiterate somewhat of a theme that's been episode 24. And we, we spoke a lot about people needing to mind their own business. And that's very true. Everybody should just mind their own business. Life would be so much easier. But with that, because we know that's not going to happen. We know people aren't going to mind their own business. So if you're listening to me right now, I am telling you, stop caring so much about what others think. We put way too much value in others' opinions. Way too much value. And that's what causes us to feel pressured to get vaccines, to talk to the media when we're uncomfortable, to not stand up for ourselves, to not speak up for our mental health. Because other people are saying things, are putting pressures on us, are putting doubts in our head. And that is one of the worst things you can do. I think a few episodes ago, I spoke to you all about how I am very selective on who I share good news with. I don't really post a lot of good news on my social medias. I don't really share a lot of the good things I have going on with people, not even people in my family. And it is because I do not want their reactions, their energy to affect my mood or my mental. And that'll help happen a lot. But we have to get into a place in this world, especially when you're a creator, especially when you're somebody that's trying to do things that maybe a lot of people can't do. Take people's opinions, take people's comments, take people's criticisms with a grain of salt. We all know those people we can go to and really get that real, those that good information, that good feedback that we listen to that we know we can trust. But most people are just talking, man. Most people are just saying things and putting doubt into your head and putting negativity into your life because maybe their lives aren't that great. Maybe they haven't accomplished the things that they've set out to accomplish. And there's nothing wrong with that. But as an individual, you have to take the time to try to tunnel vision tone all of that noise out because when you allow doubters to get in your head when you allow friends and family to question you you begin to question yourself you begin to question your own greatness when people tell you oh i wasn't able to do this it makes you think oh dang i can't do it either and no that's not true everybody's path is different so while you're taking the time to mind your own damn business also take the time to realize that there's a lot of people that aren't doing the same and that there's a lot of people that are in your business and they're minding your business and they are trying to throw you off your game. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let them do that. Ladies and gentlemen, believe in yourself. Keep going. Silence the doubt because it's everywhere. And no matter what, no matter if a million people are doubting you, as long as you don't doubt yourself, I promise you, you will be okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, please drown out the noise, drown out the haters, drown out the doubters, drown out the people that are trying to tell you to do things that you are uncomfortable with, drown out the people that are trying to stop you from doing things that you feel are good for yourself. Because at the end of the day, only you and God know what's best for you. Not your parents, not your siblings, not your cousins, not your best friends, not your lover. You and you alone know what's best for you. So take the time to get your mental health right. Mental health month just ended. Take the time to fill your cup to feel happy, to feel joy. Surround yourself with people that make you feel that and also eliminate those people that do not make you feel good. Ladies and gentlemen, drown out the noise because once you're able to do that, I think you'll be able to reach a higher level of consciousness that'll really help you achieve everything you set out to achieve. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 24. Episode 24 of the greatest podcast on earth, the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, I'm happy to be here. I love being here. This is amazing. I am your host, Brian Colbert. 
My friends call me BC. You could call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. Thank you so much for being here with us. We made it to the end of the road. And as always, God bless. <laughs>